Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. All week on the podcast, we've been sharing our Reimagined Chicago series, where we examine some of the city's key systems and institutions. And we ask the question, how could the city be working better for residents? Today, we ask, is the strong mayor form of government the best fit for Chicago? To find out, we're going outside of Chicago to see what we might learn from other cities and their city councils. This episode, we head out west to Phoenix, which is the largest U.S. city with a weak mayor system, meaning there's a mayor and a city manager, as well as a much smaller city council. So what lessons can Chicago learn from this approach? Here to tell us is Professor David Swindell. He's a nationally recognized expert on governance at the city level and director for the Center for Urban Innovation in the School of Public Affairs at Arizona State University. As I mentioned, Chicago has a strong mayor system, but things work differently in places like Phoenix with its council manager system, also known as a weak mayor system. First off, what is a council manager system? And tell us how it plays out in Phoenix. Sure. So the council manager system works more like a corporation where instead of having a popularly elected mayor run the executive activities of local government, the administrative responsibilities, the council is elected and they hire a city manager who is like a CEO. That's the best analogy to, to think about when you're considering what, a, what the difference is between a city manager-run city and a mayoral-run city. The whole effort came out of the progressive movement of the early 20th century, and the council manager form of government was a response to all the corruption that we had witnessed in the years leading up to the progressive era uh, through a machine politics, for instance. So this was considered a better way of running government in a way that is based on principles of administration that were not as susceptible to political corruption that sometimes happens due to the uh, electoral systems. So how would you say it's different than how we do things here in Chicago? So in Chicago, the mayor is that chief executive officer. And that's a little odd for researchers like me who look at this, uh, at this. It doesn't always make the most sense to think about having a government, a government institution run by kind of the popularly elected person who is not necessarily an expert on managing all the different services that a city is supposed to be managing. So having somebody who is actually trained to do that be your CEO makes a lot more sense. And you have the city council and the mayor serve as the policy body. They tell the city manager, this is what we want to have happen. We want to increase uh, the number of homeless shelter beds in the community. The city manager is the one who then figures out how to bring that policy into fruition. So the the way that we do things here in Chicago does uh, play out in, in a lot of sections of the country. Plenty of cities across the country have a city council that's set up like ours, this council mayor system. Phoenix Correct. was one of the first major U.S. cities to implement a council manager form of, of government over a century ago, as you mentioned. But broadly speaking, Professor, has it worked for Phoenix? Do you think it could be working better? 
uh, if you look at the success that Phoenix has exhibited over the last uh, several decades, I think that it would be you would be hard pressed to conclude that it's inhibited us in any way. The evidence, the research that's been done on this, does tend to support that between the two, those two forms of, of local government, that the council manager system is better. Now, that varies by the size of the jurisdiction, and so it is working for Phoenix. Arizona is a very different political culture than Illinois, and so that plays a big role in that because we are, up until recently, we have been a very traditional home rule state where local governments had a great deal of discretion, and Phoenix was a leader in the field. They, they set the standard for a lot of models that were implemented and copied by other communities seeking the same kind of economic development that Phoenix has been blessed with over the last couple of decades. Chicago has faced a whole different set of challenges. First off, local governments run under a very different set of state laws than they do in Arizona. And the, the whole change in the economy over the last you know, 50 years and how the economy has changed between these two states has also had a big impact on what Chicago could have done differently than what it did. I mean, it's not like Chicago is in terrible, dire straits. It's that Chicago is evolving on a different path than Phoenix is. So, you know, it's impossible to say, would it have done better with a council manager form? That, that's really hard to say. But there are a lot of characteristics and a lot of issues that have happened in, in Chicago's uh, history over the last 50 years that are specifically the reason why many communities have gone with the council manager form. You know, that, that is one of the things that we have found is that there has been much less graft and corruption under the council manager form of government. Not, not totally, but, but it certainly has done better along those lines, which is, again, with the original reason why mm -hmm. many communities chose to go with this form rather than the strong mayor form. It was just simply a reaction to the challenges that can arise due to electoral pressures on a mayor who's trying to also be a CEO. It tends to create an incentive for the mayor to reward people who have helped get him or her elected, and that creates inefficiencies in how our public services get delivered. Um, you know, some neighborhoods might get better treatment, more frequent road repair or more frequent snow removal. Or, you know, there are all sorts of little things that frequently happens under the mayor form of government yeah. that the city manager form doesn't amend itself to so well. well. Phoenix has a mayor, a city manager, and only eight city council members compared to Chicago's 50. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah it's, um, and it's different. We have districts, um, and we have the uh, at-large mayor election. So we have the, the council is made of nine, um, but they are the policy-making body. They come up with the ideas, then they hand it off to the city manager in Phoenix to implement those ideas. But is eight enough? It sounds like there wouldn't be enough hands on deck. I mean, we have criticisms <laughs> here. We, we have criticisms here that, you know, 50 aldermen for a city the size of Chicago is way too many. But what do you think about eight? So... You know, the, the numbers of councilors varies quite a bit. Um, you know, Indianapolis, I think, has like 29. L.A. has a small legislature. The question, and this is, one of, this is a question that has to be asked and answered at the local level. When state allows, when the state government allows local governments to choose the size of their legislative body, then that decision should be taken up by the people to decide how much representation do we want. If you only have five seats on council, 
that means your city is going to be divided into some pretty big districts, assuming it's districts at all. Sometimes they're just at large, which is very problematic. But the districts are going to have more people in them the fewer members of council you have, right? So it begs the question, how much representation do you want? Because these districts could have very different opinions in them about what kinds of services they want in their part of, of the city. What are the policy issues that are of importance to this community within the larger city? And if that community is 80,000 people, that's, that's, a, that's a small city. Right. And you can get a whole lot of variance in uh, policy preferences. So, okay, let's say we double the number of counselors. Okay, that means that your districts are now going to have 40,000. That's still larger than most American cities. And you still have a great deal of, of variance in terms of public opinion within a community of 40,000. How much representation do you want? Now, the other side of the coin is the more representation you have, the larger the council you have, the higher the transaction cost of getting anything done. To get concurrence amongst all the counselors in order to pass a budget, to pass a, a, a policy initiative, becomes higher the more members you have. Um, you know, we're having this discussion about the Supreme Court right now. We've 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 been we've tinkered with the number of members in Congress for for many years. It's been stuck at 435 in the House of Representatives for a long time, but that's arbitrary. We, the people, made a decision, and at the local level, it's the same mechanism. The people at the local level need to decide how much representation do they want, but understanding that it is a trade-off in terms of how easy it is to make decisions. I'm curious about the shape of the wards or, or city council districts <laughs> in your city, because wards in Chicago, they're extremely gerrymandered. Uh, very yeah. few are basic shapes like squares or rectangles, and, and that makes the system confusing for residents. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's confusing for citizens, even in terms of understanding who's providing their services, whether it's the local government or city government, or is it a county? Is this a county park? Is it a city park? Is it a state park? Who's responsible for this road? Is it the county, the city, the state? And when you then start thinking about whose district am I in, that becomes another layer of awareness that most citizens simply don't have. It, it, we're very bad about that, particularly at the local level of government, even though this is the level of government that has the most direct impact on our daily lives. Mm -hmm. So the way it works in Phoenix, we have independent commissions that draw our districts so that we avoid some of the downside of gerrymandering. Well, that's the exact same logic behind why we have a city manager form of government. It's to remove the politics from the administration of a particular service, in this case, drawing districts. We don't want that to be uh, driven by politics. We want that to be as fair and equitable as possible. And so we go to an outside council our commission to draw that, and we're going through that process now with the new census information that's out. Not everybody does that. Sometimes it's the state legislature, which obviously is very <laughs> politicized. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes that process can become not the most fair, and you end up with some very bizarre-looking districts at the state district level, at the U.S. Uh, representative level, and, of course, all the way down to the alderman level. Professor Swindell, you mentioned earlier how having a city manager like Phoenix does, it's gone a long way in preventing corruption at City Hall. 
Meanwhile, that's historically been a huge problem here in Chicago. So I'm curious about your recommendation here. How do we fix this? Is it as simple as appointing a city manager? We're at that simple. Um, it, it took a long time for this form of government, this city manager form of government, to kind of catch on and kind of swept across the country. The majority of American cities have a council manager form of government, not a strong mayor. About a third of American cities have a strong mayor. But the challenge, and I'm, I'm a big fan of citizen uh, local decision making. So I like the idea of citizens getting to have a voice in their form of government, which means they get to choose, they should be allowed to choose what form that government takes. If they're okay with a certain level of potential corruption, then that's just the price of government, right? That some people have that, that attitude, then, then continuing with the status quo might make sense. But if there are citizens, enough citizens that really truly believe in their heart of hearts that maybe we should clean this up, then an alternative form might be worth a try. And again, you can always go back. If it's not working the way that the citizens want 10 years from now, then it's always, you can always go back. Cities have gone back and forth. Um, many cities today are debating that very question of switching from one form to the other. So it's not unheard of to do that. And, you know, if the citizens of Chicago are not happy with the way things have been going in terms of the delivery of their services and graphing corruption issues, then this seems like a reasonable uh, experiment to try. But, again, it was specifically because of the issues you were just citing is why we came up with the manager-council form of government to begin with. It truly was a response to exactly the situation you were just describing. So what does accountability look like then in a system where the mayor's powers are limited and the city manager is not elected? Like who ultimately holds the most <laughs> power in Phoenix? Oh, boy, that's a, that's a tricky question because it depends on what kind of power you're talking. The power over policy is definitely with city council. Power over hiring and firing uh, division heads and uh, personnel, that's all within the city manager's office. So we try to maintain, in, in a council manager form of government, we try to maintain that distinction because the whole goal is to remove politics from administration of our cities, to make them as effective and efficient and as equitable as possible. So the, the question of accountability is, is always tricky, and it makes the city manager's job one of the most unique in the United States because they're the one person who has to walk the line between those two worlds, between the administrative and the political. They're the ones who have to maintain the confidence of council. And when council loses their confidence, they can fire the city manager without warning. It makes it for a very volatile, potentially volatile job. And not everybody, this is the program that I teach in, is actually designed to help train people to become city managers and deal with that weird kind of environment within which you have to operate. But ultimately, the question, answer to your question is council holds the city manager uh, accountable. So with all this in mind, Professor, what lessons do you think Chicago could learn from Phoenix as far as efficient local governance uh, and, and the best ways to serve its residents today? So while there is not an absolute answer for every situation, the evidence does support if the goal is good, clean, non-politicized, uh, uh, non-corrupt government and good, efficient delivery of services, the council manager form of government is 
the better form, generally speaking. There's just not, there's no research out there to support the idea that the strong mayor form of government is superior to the council manager form. When we came up with this idea over a century ago, we came up with it for a reason. You know, it was in response to all the strong mayor systems that were out there. And what Chicago has to wrestle with, just like other, you know, San Diego's having this conversation, Sacramento, they need to decide what it is that they want out of their local government. If they're not happy with the efficiency and effectiveness of the service delivery that local government's been able to provide, then moving to a form of government that depoliticizes the office of the CEO, you know, who's, whoever's actually doing the administration of the city might be worth consideration and maybe trying to see if that's a better way of meeting the desires of citizens of, of Chicago. Trying something new is an opportunity for citizens to see, is this change a good change? And if not, we'll go back. If it is, let's keep it and move forward. That's Professor David Swindell. He's a nationally recognized expert on governance at the city level also director for the Center for Urban Innovation in the School of Public Affairs at Arizona State University. Professor, thank you so much for breaking that down for us. Thanks so much for having me. Let's pull another voice into this conversation and hear from someone who has worked on the city management side of things. On the line is Rick Namark. He is the former deputy city manager for the city of Phoenix. He's also the associate vice president for program development planning at Arizona State University. Hi, Rick. Welcome to Reset. Hello. All right, Rick, let's start with you've actually worked within two forms of government, uh, the council manager system that Phoenix has and the mayor council system, which Chicago has. So can you compare those two? Tell us what are the main differences in, in your experience and which you thought was more successful? Well, I I think success is dependent upon both the structure and the people and sort of how all of the pieces of the structure are set up. So I worked uh, for a very effective mayor in Seattle um, and felt that things worked very well at that time. So it really kind of depends. You know, structure definitely matters, but who the people are and how they behave and how the the systems are set up to uh, enable them to do their job, but also provide checks and balances so that they don't go off the rails are really important. I want to make sure that we got from you a sense of the relationship between the mayor and that council manager. Like, how, how do they interact with each other? Sure. So in a, in a strong mayor uh, government, the mayor is responsible usually for the hiring and firing of department heads. In council manager government, the mayor and the city council hire only the city manager. And so their relationship with the manager is is sort of like a board of directors to a CEO. Now, that doesn't mean the mayor doesn't have significant power because he or she is, is the only person on the elected body that represents the entire citizenry. And so they have uh, a bully pulpit, but it also requires the mayor to work very closely with the council to uh, get through their agenda because the mayor cannot implement his or her agenda by themselves. They need the cooperation of uh, at least a majority of their colleagues. So that's, that's sort of how the relationship works. And then also in the administrative side, people like me didn't just care about what the mayor thought. We were very focused on the entire elected body because um, our boss, the city manager, reported to the entire elected body. 
We just spoke to local governance expert Professor David Swindell, who said that the council manager form of government actually went a long way in curbing corruption at City Hall in Phoenix. And this is a huge issue here in Chicago. Dozens of aldermen have been indicted since the 70s here. So what is your take? In general, uh, the way the council manager government is set up, the, the points of contact and the number of people that you have to convince to make something happen are broader, which means it's, it's a little bit uh, harder for an individual to take advantage of their position of power or for an interest group or you know a corrupting influence i would say there's less opportunity for them to have that that more direct influence when the power is shared among more people so is the council manager system a more ethical setup well i i think it is set up in a way that has a better guarantee but Honestly, there are many, many very ethical people and governments that have worked well in in, uh, other systems as well. The key would be to set up the appropriate processes and checks and balances and, and ethics codes and enforcement mechanisms to help make sure that uh, people in uh, the government are acting appropriately, and if they're not, that there are appropriate consequences. In Chicago, residents go to their aldermen to get something done in their ward or to file a complaint. And that's really important for a lot of folks to be able to feel like they're being heard and they have an ear of you know, their local representative. How do residents interact with a city council? Do they reach out to their council member or to the mayor or the city manager? Uh, all of the above, but once Phoenix implemented districts, which happened in the early 1980s, the district council offices sort of became the customer service arm for the city. Even though you've only got eight council members there? Right. How, how are they giving enough attention? Yeah, so there's a balance. They have very large and diverse districts. It's hard to represent that many people. And so some people have said, gee, maybe we need more districts. But people might also argue that some places have too many. And it's it's too localized and it leads to sort of a narrow focus of individuals who are then not focused on the broader citywide interest. So what lessons do you think then that Chicago could learn from Phoenix? The, the critical issue is making sure that the structure is set up in a way to assure responsiveness to the community, merit-based decision-making, and again, good integrity and ethical behavior. The council manager government sort of you know, prides itself on that, but a mayor-council government can also adopt many of those structures. Uh, one other structure I just want to mention that I think is, is of interest is you know, the pure council manager government's the mayors were not even directly elected by the people, uh, but in Phoenix and many of the larger council manager cities, the mayors are directly elected by the people. And then secondly, oftentimes council manager governments don't have districts, and uh, Phoenix has districts, but they're very, very large districts, so it doesn't promote sort of the inefficiencies of when you have uh, all these little places that, you know, every place needs a library kind of thing, when in mm-hmm. fact maybe a more efficient way to set up libraries is not based upon the political representation, but on uh, geographic or other merits. That's Rick Namark, former deputy city manager for Phoenix, Arizona. Rick, thanks so much. You bet. Thank you. 
This episode of Reset was produced by Maha Ahmed, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Catch the next episode of our Reimagined series by subscribing to our podcast. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review when you do so that more listeners can find our show. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll see you this afternoon. a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.